0: hello you beautiful creatives out there in the universe this is anona cosmic your host here at art Fueled talks now this is a space created for supporting all manners of creative artists out there visual music um dancers anyone who has a creative spirit within them i want you to feel like you have a friend here so thank you for so much for joining and I hope you guys will enjoy this episode. Oh my goodness, are we back for round two. Hello, We sure are. Hello and welcome everyone. Um, so joining us today, we have the lovely Samara back. Uh, her first episode went real good and she's such a delight we brought her back for round two um so just a little heads up for everyone who may be listening to this episode if you haven't seen the description already um this episode is going to be a bit about mental health um and our coping mechanisms with creative uh, with mental health and kind of our self-care practices, how we can infuse our self-care practices with a little bit more creativity, and generally, um, you know, our our personal stories with our mental health journeys. Um, Mm -hmm. So it might be a little edgy, a little personal, but it's going to be juicy, so stick around if you're into that. I know uh, myself, I really value being able to communicate vulnerably and authentically with Folks, And uh, I feel like, Samara, you kind of vibe with that as well, right?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's so important to surround yourself uh, with people that you can talk to openly, that you can learn from, and that you can share experiences with. Because, you know, in the end, we are all community-oriented individuals, and we rely on each other for support. Um, And, you know, what is life without being able to talk openly to the people in your life about the experiences that you're going through? going through so yeah I definitely value that as well
0: yeah for sure and I think that's a that's a you hit the the word community there not like really hit the nail on the head for me is you know we talk a lot about self-care you know but like self-care is you know a face mask is not necessarily going to fix your deep dark sadness you know we need to also focus on community care and having those support networks and also like taking the time and working on the policy changes and activism so that barriers can be removed so people can access their communities and uh, rely on those safety nets that we're supposed to have. Um, Yes, absolutely. I think that's super important. Um, So I figured we could start off if you want to chat a bit about Your experience with your mental health journey, kind of like where it began, where it's at now, and um, sort of what sort of the the timeline of how you got those tools. When did the tools for your self-care start coming into play?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. First of all, I just want to say, you know, thank you so much for uh, creating such a beautiful space to be open and also vulnerable um, in such a safe way. So I just wanted to say thank you for that because um, it has been quite a journey for me, definitely with my mental health. And um, I love the opportunity to um, be able to talk about it here today. Um, So yeah, I'll get right into it. Um, Basically, my journey with mental health Uh, really began, I think, uh, in my childhood, I think I experienced a lot of different things that sort of created a very anxious environment for me. But as a child, you're not always aware of your surroundings and you're not always aware of what the experiences are going to shape your life into. And so I really started to experience my first bouts um, of anxiety uh, when I was in high school, and so um, I struggle with generalized anxiety disorder um, and so that's something that I think has taken a lot of a lot of time for me to learn about you know what does that mean? What does that mean for me and and how how does that shape the experiences that I have on a daily basis? And so, when I was in high school, I started to get overly stressed about a lot of things, but didn't realize that I was having an anxious response to my surroundings. I thought it was just, um, you know, extreme levels of stress that were being experienced. Um, and then it wasn't until I was in university and I, I really started to look at counseling and and maybe seeking out some sort of more professional level help to to just talk about the experiences that I was going through. And I think mental health is one of the things that has been really trivialized in society. There's so much stigma around it. And so, you know, even the thought of going and reaching out to someone on a professional level was very intimidating Um, and almost made me feel a little bit defeated. You know, like I wanted to feel like I could tackle my problems and my experiences by myself, you know, without having to rely on outside help, but it was probably the best decision that I made for myself. And so I want to say it was in my second year of my bachelor's that I really reached out to professional level counseling. And since then, it's been an absolutely incredible journey to um, learning about, you know, these, these experiences that I have with my mental health and how to go about sort of Dealing with them in a positive way. And it's really given me a deep appreciation for who I am as a person. I've learned over time as well that I'm an intuitive empath. And so that basically means I'm very intuitive. I'm very... I understand myself and my own experiences very, very well, but that also being an empath, I'm really affected by my surroundings, and I absorb the energies that are around me. And so, it has been really important for me to learn that and recognize, you know, and surround myself with people that are positive. And you know, um, even when it comes to things like social media and the types of books that I read, really making sure that I'm reading things that nourish me that align with um, my interests and my needs, and that also support my mental health in a very positive way. So those are some of the things that I think that I've really learned um, on my journey so far with mental health.
0: Yeah, for sure. I hear you. I'm very much a I resonate with the the similarities of really being mindful of what I'm consuming. And, you know, what you consume is not just what you put in your mouth, though. What you consume is what you put in your earballs and your eyeballs. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's been a really big thing for me. I particularly, one of my big triggers is like anything. With sexual violence, and I typically like I can handle it a little bit, but it used to be so bad if there was like even like a suggestion of sexual violence mm-hmm. like on a TV show, which frankly there is a lot of like an alarming amount of TV shows have those kind of um, themes in there and yeah. uh, i I would have to stop watching and uh, yeah, I remember um, one of my old old, old partners. Uh, he was showing me a YouTube video of a song, and in the song, it depicted some sexual violence occurring. And I completely dissociated in that moment. I had to get up and leave, um, and I couldn't even verbalize to them why I was so agitated and suddenly shut down because I couldn't, I couldn't make my brain work anymore all of a sudden. And I feel like that's that's what people don't necessarily realize because, like. I'm 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 a very confident I I could be a very articulate person um, but when I'm having like a a flashback or a dissociative episode you know I've I've had personally two mental breakdowns where I've had to be hospitalized for it so I'm definitely no stranger to mental health Mm -hmm. um but being very conscientious now of um like I have rules for myself
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah um,
0: it's, yeah. it's definitely that sense of, like, re-parenting and being like, there is a part of me that is deeply fragile, that's yeah. still growing, that I need to care for, um, as if I were my own parent. So, like, we have a bedtime, <laughs> like, um, me <laughs> as it's just, I have, uh, these kind of anchors throughout my day. Yeah. Um, that keeps going. Um, so I know if you want to talk about more about maybe what's in your toolkit, like mm-hmm. say like you're, you're in a shitty state, what what is the way you process and move forward from that? Like, can you talk a little bit about what you have to rely on um, and how do you break that cycle of thought for yourself?
1: Absolutely. And yeah, and just before I get into that, I just want to say that it's, it, it's, a lot of strength. It takes a lot of strength and courage to walk away from situations that you know are triggering you. And so I just want to point that out that, you know, if you feel like you're in a situation where you're feeling um, triggered and you feel an episode coming on, getting up and walking away is a totally safe and a very important thing to do to protect yourself. Um, I just want to touch on really quickly that setting boundaries is something that I really always struggled with. Um I think, as being such a caring and selfless person, it really—it's always been so easy for me to put myself second, and I've really learned to set boundaries and to say no. And even just saying something as simple as no was so difficult for me to do for the longest time. And so I think I'm really proud of both of us and both of our journeys and how far we've both come. Um, Yeah.
0: And we'll definitely circle back to boundaries. That's a juicy, juicy topic. Yeah,
1: that's a juicy one. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Okay, so I'll go into talking about what's in my toolkit. Um, I love that question. I think for me, some of the things that have been absolutely fantastic. I mean, one thing that really works for me and that I know is part of my process is – being vocal and being verbal about it so uh, sometimes all I need is you know a listening ear and so sometimes I just call a friend um, I will say oftentimes it is you because <laughs> you're such <laughs> a huge part of my mental health journey and my mental health healing process so thank you <laughs> for that um, yes, But yeah, so reaching out to somebody that I trust, somebody that I feel safe with is a huge, huge part of my toolkit. Um, Other things that I find that really help are yoga and meditation. I think what works really well for me is getting out of my head by doing something that makes me focus directly on my body. And that directly makes me focus on like using my body as a tool to get me out of my head, if that makes sense. And so meditation, um, sitting silently sometimes with my thoughts and feelings. I generally prefer to do guided meditations because there's somebody else coaching me through the process, but it really, really helps me to stay grounded. Um, yoga is another beautiful way. I know I talked about cooking as well in our last episode, but cooking really is a huge part of my uh, my process because it gets me out of my head and it gets me using my hands. And so it, it's a very healing thing to do um, for me as well. And another thing that I really find works is tapping. And I know that you're familiar with tapping as well, but tapping really helps me um, calm my central nervous system down almost Immediately. Um, And I think that really helps me to think a lot more clearly when I'm, you know, focusing on my body, focusing on calming down that central nervous system, getting out of my head. So those are some of the tools that I find work extremely well for me. Um, I'm curious to know what some of yours are.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think like what you're talking about with the cooking makes a lot of sense because as we discussed last episode, P.S., if you haven't listened to it already, go listen to it. Um, <laughs> it's great. Um, it's your creative outlet, right? And yeah. I mean, any creative outlet is a huge, huge stress reliever. And it's like some for some people it's writing, for some people it's music. Um, but, you know, the act of creating something is just generally empowering, I think so it makes sense to me for you cooking is like this didn't exist before i have power i have control over my immediate surroundings that's the great part of it
1: one thing i will uh mention just quickly as well now that you talk about that is also like i think for me i discovered my fitness journey about i want to say two years ago now um and just moving my body in meaningful ways has really helped, I find you know a run or whatever kind of movement it is that really focuses on you know endorphins and getting you moving your body and out of your head, um, like I said, yoga works really well, but also um, any type of physical activity has been really, really instrumental, I think, to my growth process as well.
0: yeah, I hear you. I feel like they definitely run in tandem for me. I definitely notice the days. Um you know when i 've been a couch potato i'll i will wake up the next day and probably not be in the best headspace um so I definitely think you know regular you know it's you gotta there's i i and when i i have it actually listed down in one of my notebooks it's like the the fundamentals and those are the things that when I was in a really bad place, like recovering from um my hospitalizations, it was like okay, this is what I actually need to do. Mm-hmm. and it was very much <laughs> the fundamentals of like, eat food bathe go yes. outside for walk you know like just yeah. super super simple stuff of like yes how would you take house plant and I need to do these things um,
1: absolutely yeah
0: totally so I feel like uh movement is definitely one of those non-negotiables and I'm not I'm not saying like guys go out and do like an hour and a half <gasps> CrossFit class like yeah. just go for a 10 minute walk you will be surprised yeah. what a 10 minute walk can do for you um start really small I one of the stories I've heard um in terms of this is maybe more a fitness routine because they don't necessarily know if it's a mental health routine but it all sort of plays into each other mm-hmm. um because mental fitness is a thing um this guy he would just literally drive and go to the gym for five minutes and then drive back
1: because wow. it wasn't
0: until working hard in the gym it was about making the habit of going to the gym and you know not feel overwhelming so even if you're doing like one minute of jumping jacks maybe at 10 times throughout the day or like every time you open up your fridge you're 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 getting the shit in doing what you need to do so make it so stupid easy for -hmm. you to move your body so you can cash in those endorphins because i'm telling you those endorphins Really do help the the old brain out.
1: They really um, do. I'm,
0: so I'll, I'll definitely touch on a bit more of my tools, um, but I do anyway. So so I'll touch on my tools, and I'll just remember my question for you after.
1: Okay. <laughs> um,
0: so definitely, definitely art. I, I feel like I always have a pencil in my hand, mm-hmm. um, even when I'm very very um, anxious or whatever. I will just open my notebook and hold a pen. Like mm-hmm. the act of holding a pen in my hand will immediately immediately soothing and calming to me um I also like as far as physical movements that I like I'm I also I'm into yoga really big on my walks but I also love my rowing machine um it's just like I love that like like hard push like if I was in a gym I would be lifting weights like I love the the, the pushing aspect I don't like no cardio don't sign me up for cardio let <laughs> me push the heavy thing um but not, you know, some cardio is, I mean, you know, I'm all. Like, yeah. I'll get over. It. I'll get <laughs> I have that picture of like fat Amy, like running sideways. You know, that's like literally me. <laughs> like,
1: like, I love that. Yeah, already. I can like see that right away. I can see it in my head right now. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. That's literally, me, like, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, for sure. Like, I think, um, in some ways, too, I'm a very I need mean, to talk to someone Mm -hmm. which is both like it's both good and bad because sometimes there's no one around to talk to and i have to figure out how to self-soothe and also there's times where um i don't know if you experience this too but like you know i i feel burdensome like i'm potentially gonna push people away Mm -hmm. if i talk about my problems because they'll see that i'm actually like this horrible negative monster with all these terrible terrible awful thoughts and no one will love me if I show them the true me and it's all this big drama but more often than not um you know if I kind of tell me like hey I need someone like to listen or I've had a shitty day can I vent to mm-hmm, you for a bit mm-hmm. they're down to listen like I've never um you know there's there's people that you don't want to ask yes and I think that's fair it's it's learning with the right people to trust that they can hold space and learn for you and I think finding those people is a gift um like you're definitely a gift for me in that sense Mm. um but I'm very blessed in a lot of ways that my support network um will be able to help and one of the things that I actually found quite therapeutic um for a while there's a few Facebook groups um that I would go in or even on my personal Facebook page and I would just hop on a live and I would just process aloud Mm -hmm. the thoughts that were happening and like whether I posted it or not or whether people commented or not um was very therapeutic for me because it's definitely that auditory talking it out process yeah um I definitely sometimes cope negatively I would say have some negative coping mechanisms of like Maybe overeating, and uh, definitely use the devil's lettuce to calm down sometimes. <laughs> so you know, we all have our vices. Um, it's okay. We all have our vices, um, but you know, it's just one of these things. Is like, there's, I'm conscious yeah. of the fact that there's improvements to be made. So I don't yeah. want to make it seem I'm, you know, crazy no. perfect. But one question that I actually had for you, kind of switching gears mm-hmm. a little bit. I know we both had like our intro to yoga journey. So if you want to talk about like how you kind of found yeah. yoga, like what it means to you and like what's your favorite
1: kind and just talk a little Absolutely, bit. Absolutely. Yeah. And and before I do that, I'll just touch um a little bit I think like I definitely understand you know feeling like a burden sometimes and I think that's something that I really struggled with for the longest time is I wanted to reach out to people and often felt like you know if I message someone or I message that one friend or a few friends that I want to talk to you know I will be a burden onto them but it's taken me a lot of years in learning that there are the right kind of people that that you want to reach out to, and that will always hold that safe space for you. And so I'm really thankful that, you know, you and I can both be that for each other. And, you know, there have been countless times where we've, we've done that, we've called each other, and we just sat listening to each other on the phone and just holding that safe space. So I do you think it's, yeah it's, oh, yeah, it's important to recognize the people in your life that, you know, will not see you as a burden, and that you can trust, because that also helps you open up and feel like there is space for you in this, in this big world, you know, this big, crazy, scary world. So.
0: Totally, totally. Are are you really friends if they haven't seen you? Exactly,
1: exactly. And I think it's a huge tell of a relationship. You have to have one or two really ugly cries with that really good friend of yours. Um, And that's, you know, how strong friendships are built, I think.
0: (laughs) so oh, I think so. I think so. We should we should have kept track of how
1: many ugly cries you have shared. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> so many ugly um, cries. Yeah, so many. Was... <laughs> um, cries. Does it take? Yeah. To form
0: to be bought? So
1: I think yeah. In terms of my yoga journey, that's a fantastic question. I actually found yoga um, when I was in undergrad, um, and I'll you know shout out to uh, my friend Madiha. Um, I'll uh, send you the link to her Instagram page. She's a fantastic, she's a lawyer um, and a yoga teacher, which is super cool. Um, But I know she was holding some free yoga sessions um, at the University of Ottawa. And I was going through such a tough time. School was super stressful. There were personal things I was going through as well. And I just couldn't seem to get a grip on the anxiety. And I remember her mentioning that she was teaching yoga and I thought, you know what, I'll just go do that. I'll just try it out. There's no harm. Try something new. And it was one of the most incredible and eye-opening experiences that I'd ever, ever had. I mean, doing that yoga session just really calmed me down in ways that I had never experienced before. Um, And so I think that was really incredible for me. Um, and then since then, you know, I've continuously incorporated aspects of yoga, sometimes not as regularly as I would want, but it's definitely the tool that's sort of always there. You can always, you know, turn to. And I think my favorite um, form of yoga, I definitely, I love Hatha yoga. I love, you know, holding the poses, the pace of it. I do love Vinyasa as well, because I think it really forces you to use your breath in a very intense. In, uh, in very um, sort of intentional ways. Um, and so I really do love vinyasa for that. And I mean, of course, I don't think this is a surprise to anyone. I love restorative yoga. The idea of, you know, sitting in comfortable positions that just relax your body. It's almost like adult nap time. You know, like I totally. love totally. restorative yoga. So I think those are like three of my favorite forms of yoga to do, especially restorative after a super stressful long day. You're just like, yeah, I, I'm fine. You know, I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm resting. I have this pillow on my chest. It's such a beautiful feeling.
0: Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. There's definitely some uh, really great restorative mm-hmm. practices um, that have that have come across mm-hmm. in my way as uh, well uh what was I gonna talk about for yoga I feel like there's something I want to say like yeah there's definitely I've had those moments I think in the first few yoga classes I took that I was like whoa yeah it's like no there's there's nothing going on up in mm-hmm. here right now like I'm my brain is empty where yeah. where's where's all the chatter it's mm-hmm. so quiet what's happening yeah. uh And, uh, yeah, you really can feel rejuvenated, uh, after, after that fact. And I also think it is, you know, coming from, I do have my yoga certification, but I haven't taught in years, but, um, it's also a very creative practice creating Mm -hmm. those spaces, like down to like the playlists you make, what movements you decide to do, some of the cues. Like, I don't know if you had that experience with a yoga teacher and you're like, are you just saying poetry yeah.
1: right now to me?
0: Like, <laughs> <my> goodness. <laughs> totally.
1: And I, I even remember um, you teaching us one of the most beautiful yoga classes that I've ever been to and just creating such a safe and beautiful open atmosphere uh, when you were getting your teacher certification. And so I definitely can say that I've experienced that in one of your um yoga classes. So thank you for that. Aww.
0: Thanks, honey. Yeah, that I forgot that you've taken yeah. that class. Yeah, it was it's it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful practice and deeply part of uh I think who yeah. I am mm-hmm. internally. Definitely. Um, my, uh, the, my teacher that I took the yoga teacher training from, um, she had this concept of like and maybe it wasn't hers, but um, she said yoga off the mat. And that's yes. something I, I'm very conscious of, the fact, like, you know, I don't need to be on my mat to be practicing mm-hmm. yoga. I can take a in my car and maybe breathe and do some Nadi shona or like, you know, uh, stretch at my desk, do some mm-hmm. chair yoga or, you know, pop into child's pose for a few minutes after I come home from work just to yep. reset. And there's so many good juicy things that you can do and I really feel like when we kind of center the breath through our mm-hmm. practices, um, and that that's what what the way I engage with the world in whether it's art or relationships or my spiritual practices, I'm all, always honoring the fact like this is something I'm going to get better at. Like I'm engaging with, but it's it, there's no need to be perfect in these areas. You know, yoga doesn't mean to look like exactly. And so the way you show up, but when you're centering the breath, you're centering your presence in your heart space by breathing in a way that's deep and and, and full. So you're able to actually come from, you know, let the, let the real you out into the world. And I think that's why we have, you know, creative practices, whether it's yoga, food, music, um, whatever it may be, is that's it, it's really training you and giving you avenues of how to express the true you better and better Absolutely. each time.
1: I love the analogy that you made about yoga off the mat, because there's actually a few yoga teachers that I, you know, follow their videos quite regularly. And they always say, remember that what we learn on the mat Um, is supposed to help shape our life experiences off the mat as well. So all of the mindfulness and the calmness that you've cultivated while being on your yoga mat, you can carry that with you in every aspect of your life. You can take a moment and recenter yourself at any given point in time with the tools that you acquire while doing yoga on the mat. And so I just think it is such a beautiful um, experience and a beautiful tool to have in your repertoire of ways to, you know, whether or not you struggle on a daily basis with mental health, um, it's still a way to practice mindfulness in your everyday life. And so I I really do, I love that analogy a lot. Yeah, no, thank you for
0: uh, seeing that. I think it is definitely important for us to really, A, like I think kind of summary, summary of this episode is you know, there's a focus on community care that we need to be conscientious of, and there's we can probably do a whole other episode about community care. Um, so we want to remove um, barriers to access those services, and you know, everyone, you know, the best badass babes have mental health issues. So you know, we're destigmatizing de- the whole thing by mm-hmm. talking about it, um, and like the tools that you have, whether it's yoga or whatever sort of practice is all just about kind of doing that excavation and exploration process of like, why are you particularly having those thoughts and or feelings? And how can you sort them? And I mean, counseling is also really great. I think that's why they're so it's so important, because they're helping you take that gunk out so you can sort your Mm -hmm. shit out. You know, Definitely.
1: And I think for me, counseling was really huge. And And understanding, you know, that my childhood shaped a lot of who I am now. And then also that just because I experience anxiety doesn't mean that it should define who I am. I think that's something that has been really eye-opening and something that has just really been sort of almost like a relief. To understand that just because I have an anxious mind doesn't mean that I have to let that define who I am. You know, I can recognize that I have an anxious mind but then I can sit with my thoughts and I can move and I can grow and I can use those thoughts and actually use them to grow um, and experience life in a new way. And I think counseling has been extremely instrumental um, for me as well. So yeah, I agree.
0: Totally. Totally. I think it's very essential not to be overly identified with your weaknesses. And so even when I'm like expressing myself when like I'm talking about mental health, I always say like I have a diagnosis of ADHD and PTSD um, because it's not like I, I okay. have it or I am it. It's like the diagnosis I have, if you know what the diagnosis is and what that involves, like you could Google it. You can generally see how my brain works. But the thing is, even with a specific diagnosis, you're going to have very hyper-specific yep. triggers and like things that, very that are very specific to you and how you operate so for sure I definitely don't think we should be sitting here being like I my brain doesn't work good so I am crap and have that all in that yeah. negative self-talk because the thing is a lot of the there's a lot of beauty in being um, uh, mm-hmm. neurodivergent um, and there is a lot more creativity that can happen with it like you could look at you know mm-hmm many, many artists and activists and visionaries have had a mental health journey. And that process of inner knowing and inner excavation, that sort of the mental health uh, issues make a priority in your life really do lead to some amazing leadership skills (laughs) (laughs) down the road. Um, You know, and I think we, What winds up happening is the person with very um you know high mental health issues and maybe higher mental health needs whatever that looks like do typically wind up with a lot of empathy for others and um I think that's a beautiful thing and I think really what we're we're endeavoring and doing is just being open and honest Mm -hmm. about talking about it and not you know kind of kind of taking shame out of the equation. Yeah, and I by, think for me life. as
1: well, my me having anxiety and, and experiencing anxiety, sometimes it, it can actually be quite positive. I mean, if I'm experiencing sort of high levels of anxiety, it's very interesting because I'm actually able to turn that energy into extreme productivity. And so it almost pushes me to do better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's an incredible strength that I can actually gain from it. And so I've learned over time that, you know, what I always defined as one of my weaknesses can actually, you know, be a strength of mine. Um, And being an empath, I can relate to so many people's experiences, even if I may not have experienced it myself, the emotions and the feelings that they're going through. um, I'm able to sit with those and I'm really able to create and hold space for people in my life that are going through things. And I think that's an amazing defining character of who I am. And so I do think it's recognizing that even in your weakest moments, you can find your strengths and you can use those strengths to grow and really appreciate, you know, who you are and and who you've become um, because of your mental health experiences.
0: Yeah, completely, yeah. completely. So, I just wanna thank you for uh, you know, stepping into a bit of some juicy territory with me. I know it can be a bit uh whew, a bit exciting to share mm-hmm. these parts of ourselves, potentially with a yeah. lot of people. We don't know. Um really appreciate you having the bravery to kind of step into that arena with me. And I just think you are a wonderful human being. I'm so glad you feel the
1: same way about you too. Um, So thank you so much for creating the safe space for me to talk to you today.
0: Oh yeah. Anytime. Um, And I hope you guys uh, have enjoyed listening. If you want to find Samara, uh, her links are in the description. She is the, president of Reimagine agriculture who i will also link who are working to transform the agriculture policy in canada woo we love that um and i'm sure she will be back
1: yeah thank you so much